Future of Finance podcast, where finance finds its future. Hello, I'm Dominic Hobson, co-founder of Future of Finance. My guests today are Thomas van Hohenhauer, head of client solutions and a member of the group executive management at VP Bank in Liechtenstein, and Marcel Fleisch, chief product officer at VP Bank. Our subject is the tokenization of collectibles. Thomas, Marcel, thanks for joining us. Hey, Dominic. Hi, Dominic. Now, earlier this year, VP tokenized a painting on behalf of a client. Uh, What were the advantages for that client of doing this? I think uh, our clients always have three sets of advantages. One is the portfolio integration and the transparency. One is the wealth planning and the you know, kind of dividing the asset. And the third is add-on services. That specific client was mainly interested in in the portfolio integration and the transparency. And collateral for loans, are paintings usable in that context as well? Um, Yes, uh, I think in in general, it's it's, uh, usable. We have a partner that we work with in in this uh, respect. and I think this is definitely one field that some of our clients are interested in. I think most of our clients are rarely only interested in tokenization, but come with a kind of a specific aim to us. Uh-huh. So that, that, that benefit is there theoretically, but have any of the users of the service so far actually used that, that option to, to, to actually use it as a collateral for a loan with your, with your partner? Or is that just a, a, a future I idea? I think something we, we, we can't obviously uh, you know, give too many details about the specific client, especially now that we haven't had, that we just started the service, we have to be a bit more careful with all the information. But, but I think in the market, you know, it's quite usual to have, have a bridge financing, something like that, uh, that is used to the market uh, in, in the art sector as well in uh, other collectibles. So in general, um, we it's good to see that our clients not only uh, are focused on tokenization alone, uh, meaning, usually our clients require a concrete solution, as said by Thomas, uh, like transparency or um, any inheritance cases, something like that. And the, the tokenization becomes more a technology would help us to fulfill the needs of the clients. So if you're looking to leave your, your art collection to your, um, your descendants, actually having it available in a tokenized form makes that much, much simpler. And uh, I guess if you're looking to lend against that as collateral, having it tokenized and therefore more liquid also makes it much easier to, to adopt it as, as collateral. So the, the advantages to the, to the issuer, if you like, are, are pretty clear and they're, and, they're, and they're substantial. What about the, the advantage of the buyers of the, of the tokens? Is the real attraction here that they can actually get access to these collectible asset classes, which previously they couldn't get access to? Are there other advantages for, for the buyers? I think, first of all, we, we're accessing a complete new uh, kind of group of people, uh, younger people who are interested into that. Um, through the tokenization, obviously, also the cost of, of the transaction goes down significantly. That benefits both sides, the seller and the, and the buyer, in most of the cases. And thirdly, is actually getting access to opportunities you might not have uh, you know, through the classical channels. So I think it's all three of them. Uh, to give I, a concrete expan- example for that, just uh, let's talk about not only about inheritance plan and something like that, but we can absolutely fair share uh, uh, the assets of, of our clients. You know, we can just also just, uh, and as another example, take an, a part 
payments. You know, if you buy um, 15 million uh, fine art at the moment, I think you are getting uh, some of the people have not the liquidity so far, but they want to buy it. So what you can do, we can say you buy first 20 percent um, and you get 20 percent of token. And in six months later, you pay the other 80 percent. What is the advantage? You don't need any escrow accounts. You don't need any trustees in the background. So it's not only um, a good solution. No, it's even more efficient and cost efficient. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe another example. It also gives you the possibility to maybe invest into artists, you know, before they do the new artwork. Mm-hmm. Because you actually give a token out for raw materials for others installation art. And then you as a buyer can participate early enough, buy a part of it and then have a, you know, maybe through a smart contract later, already have the, the precise exit scenario in case. So you can be early on and have a relationship with your favorite artist that is a living artist and is producing art at the same moment. So there's a very variety, I think, of great, great things that can, that can do with this. Uh, benefits a bit like uh, a bit like owning NFTs, uh, for example, I says, or indeed tokens in general give you that personal relationship with with uh, somebody whose work you admire. Now, Thomas, you mentioned young people. Is age the main determinant of who invests in in the in the in the art tokens, or is wealth the the main criteria? Are we talking here about a product for high net worth individuals, or are we talking about a product for the mass market uh, investor? Um, I think it's, uh, I mean, the focus that we have uh, at VP, it's definitely on the ultra, uh, on the high net worth market. It's, it's uh, you know, pieces are with a certain value. Um, I think, you know, we try to offer solutions to, uh, to our customers. It's not really dependent on what the technology, from, for a lot of our clients, technology is actually not the important. So I think also the age uh, shouldn't be a problem if they find a solution. Now, obviously at the moment, I would say there is more interest and we see that on our social media of younger people. But I think we try to make the bridge between the old and new world and make this an, uh, you know, an attractive offer independently if you're fully into technology or not that actually is fully irrelevant. So we, we have clients from all age groups, uh, but no, it's not a mass market product. It's really within the wealth space uh, that we as VP, as an you know, international private bank, are active in. And, you know, just to add on on that, it's really crucial to, to say uh, you have not to be an expert in blockchain or in, in tokenization anymore, because our solution um, is in that principle that we say you can use it as you use any other kind of service you get from banks meaning you don't have to deal with wallets, you don't have to deal with the keys and blockchain at all, meaning we give you the full service as you are used to do it with banks without just having uh, all this kind of stuff done and, and knowing how, how did the process going on. I think that's the key example uh, to make it very clear. You have it integrated in your portfolio, in your e-banking, in your portals of VP Bank as shares, for example, as bonds, for example, it's pretty the same. And that helps you to make it very usable and the usability is very high. And on that point, Marcel, you're, I think you've just said that you're custodying the tokens on behalf of the, the clients. Um, do they have to use you as the custodian or can they bring their own digital wallet and purchase the tokens? Um, no, definitely not. We, we are, you have to assure that we can just fulfill all our security and safety reason, quality improvements mm-hmm. and something like that. So you have 
to give, we will tokenize uh, the fine art or the watch or whatever else for you. And you have it in our ecosystem, in our portfolio. We don't like the thought that, you know, you have a part of a Mona Lisa uh, in your trust wallet or in a MetaMask wallet, where it's definitely not in a good space, mm-hmm. in a good sense. So in your, on your cell phone or something like that. So we ensure it, you have it on your cell phone, but directly in our e-banking, in our apps, that you can absolutely assure and we can absolutely assure that the quality is high end and you can deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and are- all the AML and KYC checks are, are also done internally. We can guarantee all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of discussion out there how we can get standards uh, in, in transferring amongst institutions. But at the moment, I think it's quite hard to, to meet the, let's say, the requirements that we have for security reasons. So that's why it's more in a ring-fenced isolated, but super safe space. Right. I was going to ask you about that. Um, I mean, you are a private bank. You have to follow these KYC, AML, CFT, sanction screening uh, rules laid down by the FATF, I, I guess. And I, and I assume you do that on both the, the issuers and the buyers. And you're doing all that in-house, are you? are not relying on a third-party provider to give you that information. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. And just to clear one thing up, um, you're a private bank, as I just said, institutional investors, do you, do you, I assume they're not part of what you're doing now, but do you imagine this market growing into, a, into an institutional segment and it's starting to attract the attention of insurance companies, pension funds, asset managers? I mean, there are some already out there that, that do, let's say, a fund uh, and there obviously we, we do have, uh, I think, an attractive solution already now because through the great Liechtenstein tokenization law, you actually can have some significant cost savings in the, towards the current setup if you want to have an art fund, for example. Uh, so uh, there are some players. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to look too far in the future if later on, you know, pension funds will have art collections in their collection. I, I, I don't know. But I think at the moment, uh, if we focus on doing what we're doing well, uh, I think that will open up the asset class to a lot of people. And that could also include later on maybe some institutional clients uh, but i think it's important to to focus also on what we have to do now and not just live in the future uh-huh. and how many buyers are we talking about at this at this stage it's obviously a relatively new service um are we talking dozens or hundreds or thousands of of individual investors yeah as you said it's it's i think it's early days we obviously can't disclose the concrete numbers uh, but uh-huh. There's a lot of interest, I can tell you that. Uh, we, you know, the whole team with Marcel and his guys are fully swamped with work. Um, um, there is, uh, it's, it goes, uh, I don't know, I want to put a number on there, but uh, it's really a lot of demand that I think it will exponentially grow uh, over time. No, I can say, tell you that uh, it's a 24-7 at the moment. <laughs> so we have really good tasks from all everywhere. I think it's fine. We have different client segments who is talking to us, um, not only to having really serious interests. And we did it sometimes. So um, and we will do it next time when we will hear from us, from other collectors as well. Um, but it's really cool to see that even um, institutionals as well as uh, the artists at the, uh, at the same and uh, high net worth and galleries. Um, so it's a bright segment of different clients uh, we, we will deal with and, and have to deal with. And we'd love to do that uh, all over the world. That makes it really cool um, in that sense that we can have here. Uh, some some needs coming up and just to be precise um, if we do it with an investment fund uh, we just um, had some offers you know some offers out there already 
we found out in calculation that we are not only 30 to 40 percent uh, more cost efficient than traditional solutions within the market. No, we are flexible, meaning more flexible in that way that uh, we have the opportunity to just don't use any uh, other structures behind which will be maintained and you have to set up and all that kind of stuff. No, we can do it directly, meaning that if you have a fine art or any collector, you can do have it. And the next day, if documentation, everything is fine in your portfolio and you bring and can bring back out of this portfolio within the next 24 hours, something like that. Meaning you are not only cost efficient, yes, you are more flexible uh, to any other solutions. Mm-hmm. Now, in those conversations you're having with with the potential clients, obviously, as you've just said, speed, flexibility matter. How large does custody of these assets loom in those conversations? Is it a big part of the conversation? Are they very interested in how you do it technically? I think we have to divide the technical part from from uh, how is where is the fine art placed. You know, if you're talking about custody. So we, if you talk in, in the reality, where is the collectible place? In our solution, we have the opportunity to do it and have it in, in any storage facilities. Um, but as well, it can be in museums, galleries, something where. Uh, and in the ETP case, it can even be at home, somewhere. Uh, from the technical side, I think we have the full transparency. Uh, we can give you the full transparency because we are just, uh, you know, if we do the registration with the financial authority, we just had to fill in all the things that needs more than six months doing all the kind of process done. And the documentation is really in an absolutely high standard and that everybody can see what you're doing. And uh, then you can safeguard all the kind of stuff where you need it. So um, I think at all, it is a very transparent process as well, and it's a flexible solution for any needs. And provenance, how important is that in this in the fine art market? I mean, can I walk into BP Bank with, and let's say I want a Caravaggio under my arm here? Would you <laughs> would you like to tokenize this for me, or do you have to get involved in proving the provenance of? I assume you do. How difficult is that? I think uh, you know, just that's a really important step. Uh, that's the reason why we are just only a bank, you know, <laughs> meaning we just integrated an ecosystem with high-end partners all over the world who just help us to do that, meaning all the provenance things and all that kind of stuff. What we are saying, we have some checklists. We will just uh, bring it that client gives us all the necessary documentation and we'll double check this with external expertise meaning just uh, giving us um, the, the safety that this is a real fine art or that the value is good or storage is good and the condition reports and something like that. That's it's the, it's the whole process involved and included. And that's the reason why we can just say, yes, it's in a high-end standard quality what we are just providing. Um, and we are dealing just in the future with other parties together who have some mechanisms in place, techniques already to just even better the quality and using having a better opportunity, a cost efficiency opportunity as the market standard is. So we are just right on the beginning of that. And we know that the market out there has a lot of solutions in place where we can just bring into our ecosystem to make it more, um, I think, or to increase the quality of our service. Well, I'd like to ask you a bit more about that ecosystem, that infrastructure. Before I do, is it occurred to me listening to you, is one of the advantages of tokenizing your work of art that actually it solves future provenance and ownership issues? You know, it becomes clear that you really do own this thing and it does have a legitimate 
history you acquired it legitimately and so on is that one of the benefits of tokenizing your your artworks or any uh, def uh, definitely you know because uh, as we have all the documentations here um and it is said in in our uh, tokens and, mm -hmm. and you can just deal with that and uh, you know the big advantage of an uh, blockchain related services that there's the blockchain behind so we have the full transparency of the history and so on and so forth so that helps us as well um but it is really crucial to involve here only best parties um in the world that we just can have this outstanding service and yes of course we just uh, do it not one time we have a regular um, periodically due diligence what we do that we can ensure the quality um, in, in a sustainable way now on that ecosystem infrastructure question, you, you said you're looking to build a kind of integrated ecosystem. It's not like you've invented something here. You're, you're bringing together existing things and making them more efficient and more and more flexible. How many moving parts are there? How many parties do you, are you having to integrate? There's obviously the custody side, but there's obviously also the, the owner side. But then there's the people who have to attest the provenance of the painting and so on. So how, how, how complex is this ecosystem that you're integrating? Um, it's... Uh, I can tell you, if you have all documentations with you and just presenting to us, I think it's another, you know, 72 hours, something like that, oh. that we can go oh. to the to different parties and say, double check it and uh, they get the valuation done, they get all the conditions done uh, and then it's fine, you know? So it works really, really fast. So it is not complex, even for um, a collector who has one, two kind of pieces, he would like to do that. He's used to, to to have all the conditions. We have seen it with with, with past cases. Uh, it is for for the owner of the art um, a good way that he can double check. Does he have really all the necessary documents that he can prove the provenance and something like that? Um, and so, but to summarize, usually um, you can have it in seventy two hours. Um, done all the process if all uh, information is ready here um, it can just we can speed up because then it's only the technical part but uh, yes we it is the most important process definitely the kind that reaches in zero provenance conditions of the final to double check it and you know what is our great advantage as we are a bank we can combine other systems with uh, the traditional system, what, what is used in, in the fine art or in, in, in the collectible sector. And this gives us another perspective where our client is, is a, playing a key role. So meaning we have the understanding as a bank cost of KYC of all that kind of stuff, where the funds uh, and all the kind of, um, things you have to uh, um, just check, um, we are, have it already in place. And now we have another layer we bring together in with the, our partners. So I think we have a really, really exciting view for everyone, uh, what can be a new market standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in the ecosystem, it's always dependent also what a decline needs, right? We have different ecosystem partners for different needs and uh, that's obviously not always relevant for each client. Um, so it's, it's, but I think it's, it's the right way to do it because uh, you know, we, we cannot do everything at the same time, but what we want to achieve is that once the client has tokenized his assets, he should have as many choices and possibilities to do something with that going forward. So we will expand that ecosystem over time. Obviously, this will not always be relevant for each client, but the optionality that we want to give the client is key to us. The process you're undertaking is essentially a documentation 
validation, authentication process. So that 72 hours you're talking about, is, it can be done very quickly if it's possible to authenticate the documentation they possess uh, easily. Um, so I literally can't walk in off the street with my with my Caravaggio, can I? No, but we might have a different partner if it's watches than if it's a, it's a yeah. kit, just as an example. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, quite a, it's, it's a kind of a kit, you know. Uh, you can use the service you need. If you have not uh, a good, we can double check it with you and give you our advice, what we think about it, and give you some contacts um, or give you our, our good partners um, hmm. that you can double check it. So that's a kind of service we additionally just would like to, to offer to our uh, clients hmm. that they say, okay, I have these services already. Okay, we double check it. It's fine for us or it's fine for you as well. And if we, you need any other uh, kind of parties involved, insurance or a storage facility or evaluation partner, something like that, we can say, okay, just use our one. Um, here are the address and you get it really to good conditions. Okay. So it's basically, it's a kind of classic bank, private banking concierge service in a way you can, you can Perfect, do it yes. all from you. Yeah. Now, I've had the impression from our conversation so far, you're basically working with it with individual owners. Are you working also with, uh, with museums and galleries on the one hand, but you mentioned funds on the institutional side, but I wonder if you're working with artists as well. So a double barrel question there, do you work with museums and galleries? Are they interested in tokenizing what they've got? And do you work with artists? Are they interested in tokenizing what they're painting or sculpting? I think it's a it's a yes to all of them. Uh, it's very different motives, I guess. And uh, even each, you know, let's say museum can have an individual motivation to do so. Uh, but yes, all of these are, you know, interested and we have conversation with all, all of these kind of parties. It's important to say, you know, we are not used to be a distribution channel for them. So, but in, in general, we see in, in each case, here some needs coming up, as you said, the artist which like we have a famous one here in a case I can talk about it but, um, it's really good one to see it you will see it in, in September or even in October uh, in Italia placed a new sculpture uh, where the artist did come to us and say can you help us because I have different investors um, how can we just bring it together so that's really cool and the other case for example is uh, that a gallerist uh, uh, came to us and said, um, I have a platform in place, but um, you know, it's for us, it's not used to work with all this stuff need to be done if you deal with clients, for example, all the KVC, all, all the kind of stuff. So, but it's, it's an SES, you need to do that. So we are here on the, in the backside, you know, meaning on the front side, here's the platform uh, with all the emotions, with all the usability, what we, is needed for and what they, what they love to do. And the backbone we are and just, just making the things possible so that everything is fine on a legal side, on a technical side, and even on the service level side. Now that platform you referred to, Marcel, you, you built that in-house, did you? You built it yourselves? No, we can reuse it different platforms, you know. Uh, we are just, you know, we are the grounding of that platform, meaning making it possible. Give you an example. Uh, in, in past, we're talking about web shops, you know, where we can buy uh, some, some, some fine art or some, some watches or something like that. Um, so they, they used to do that in that kind of way. Uh, but I think, uh, as you see on the regulatory side, that is no longer possible. What you need here is a uh, cool and a great understanding of all the stuff who is your client what about the transaction 
you need the history of all of that. So and that's the ways where can you say our solution can be the grounding for that kind of platforms, that kind of web shops, you know, that we just make it possible that he can deal with all the kind of services and with all these clients. Just so I'm absolutely clear about what you're saying here, you can provide all these services you've described, the legal, the technical, and, and, and so on, um, on, any, on any platform that any potential client wishes to tokenize anything. You're not providing a tokenization, a VP bank branded tokenization platform. I think not at the moment. We are dealing with that. <laughs> Perhaps you have seen, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, we were on the Art Basel. Um, I think we were in the mm-hmm. first bank who just presented uh, a real a fine uh, Andy Warhol um, in a, not only in a virtual art gallery, uh, no, we just put it into a metaverse. Uh, together with exciting partners. Thanks all to the partners again. It was really cool. Just find out, you know, um, we don't want to substitute the reality, but there are coming up some needs, some 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 elements, what we can use as an add-on services if you're just uh, talking about uh, virtual art galleries or, or even in metaverse, you know? Mm-hmm. And to absolutely, of course, you know, we tokenize uh, that... Uh, in-house on our platform for tokenizing and, and, and storage. That's obviously an in-house platform, just to be absolutely clear. Mm-hmm. But we can obviously then partner with other distribution platforms and other platforms to make this more scalable. Right. So it becomes a sort of network of networks in eventually yeah. as the market as the market grows. What what tech what new technologies did you have to invest in to, to provide these services? I think Mark <laughs> Thanks Lord. You know um, what is we did, we have a long history in that. I think we are dealing with, with blockchain cryptos and all that kind of stuff for more than mm-hmm. five years now. I think it's pretty long for, for a bank. Um, but what we found out, I think we have to make sure that the key essential instruments you need, the infrastructure, is based in-house. It, it's a better one. So we chose and have chosen some partners who help us set up a tokenization man engine, uh, to get all the things done that we can deploy the tokens or that's technique, technique on that way, uh, on that side and make it possible that uh, we can just ensure the quality on a long time and in a really sustainable way, you know. Um, then the storage partner as well for that thing, we have chosen the best one uh, we, we you can get to make really secure and safe storage uh, available. And I think that's the key elements. Other elements are has to do with processes, has to do um, with documentation, has to do with service partners, what's really crucial as well. But I think the mix of all of that uh, is really, really crucial that you have here some quality standards where everybody has to secure that kind of uh, uh, standards. And uh, even to, to make it really sure, we have here redundant, that means two, solution in place for for any any process part so that it makes possible that we say okay we are absolutely sure what we're doing here and from the from the client point of view they can say well i want to work with this law firm i want to work with this art expert provided you're comfortable with them that's fine but you could also say to that client well we've got an art expert we've got a law firm who we think would be would be very good so you, you're kind of bringing together these skills for these tokenization projects but you're pretty flexible about who you work with yeah, I mean, obviously, it needs to be an expert that is renowned and, and has a good reputation in the market. And, you know, so, um, but we, it's exactly like that. If, if a client brings, you know, from a reputable firm, he brings his things, then, then it's fine. Or we can offer it for him or a combination. 
this is really the flexibility we want to bring to the table. Yeah. Now, now you're in uh, in Liechtenstein, which uh, famously has passed its uh, this blockchain act, this TVTG legislation, um, which is one of the most advanced um, legal descriptions of of a of a token on the planet Earth. Has that been advantageous for you or not? No, I think it's the fundament of of, of yeah. all the things that we do. I think it's an absolute uh, advantage um, and and helped us in this pioneer role that we can take here. Uh, and I think without that uh, law, um, we wouldn't be where we are today. So let me be side. It's an absolute unfair advantage to add any other regulation. And you know, that's the reason why we are using a blockchain. Without this law, it does not make sense because that gives us the security and the safety that we can just deal with ownership claims, you know, because that's the common sense why Thomas Negale and Thomas Dunzer, the founder of the blockchain law, um, just just installed that kind of law. And this gives us the opportunity to deal with that. And that's the key, key fundament, as said by Thomas. Okay, so it gives everyone absolute clarity. Um, well, what about, about tax? In some countries, and they include Switzerland, they also include my own country, the United Kingdom, you, there are tax advantages for, for owners of arts of work who then make them available to, to a wider public. Is is that is that tax advantage relevant to to the tokenization or not? Does it does it help to drive activity or is it just irrelevant? I think what you can say we have to full transparency. That is tax relevant. Right. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is not because we don't change um, naturally of, of the product. So if it is uh, placed anywhere in this in this world. Um, it is there still, even if it is tokenized. So we don't change about that issue. So it is uh, not just reflecting, it's reflecting the, the current situation, but it's not setting up a new one. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, we don't give tax advice. I think that's also clear. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really just wrapping in a form doesn't change the tax status. But I think transparency in general, what we have obviously helps you if you want to fill out tax reforms or documents. With, with us, you have all your information in one spot that obviously helps to speed up the process and makes it maybe more attractive to, to go for these kind of solutions. Mm-hmm. Like, to give you an example for that, you know, we just can, uh, if we do a tokenization together, uh, we can just define how often the re-evaluation of the fine art or any other is done. So we can say, okay, we do it yearly or we do it by, within two years or three years at minimum. And you get here uh, on a regular basis, then all the services you need to fulfill your tax requirements. This helps us well. So that's a kind of new service, I think, that the market not have seen before. I was going to ask you about that. We're talking about transparency, but I guess having transparent valuations on a regular basis actually is advantageous for the point of view of tax reporting and tax compliance, isn't it? Now... Um, you've created this service, um, and it, it, it's obviously working with, with certain client groups. How are you going about sort of? And you mentioned you've been at uh, at Art Basel. Um, how do you go about selling a service of this of this kind? Uh, obviously, you do it through your existing network of clients. But are there other, is there other stuff you do? Are you holding client events and as well, and going to other art fairs? Is that yeah, the natural way to sell it? I think it's a, it's, it's a mix, of course. Uh, it's a balance uh, between, obviously, relationships we have or introductions that we get, uh, so kind of one-to-one. Uh, at the same time, we obviously also do communication and events, uh, you know, Art Basel, we were at the World Economic Forum and others. And normally that always generates another buzz and then people introduce us. So it's, 
it's it's a good balance of, of both and we obviously also have to make sure that we have the resources to then also you know <laughs> and that's what Marcelo is there's a lot of demand so we really need to make sure that we also have enough time for each of the, the clients so it's a balance it's a balance act all the time but I think what we can really see is there's a lot of interest in this and since we have a solution that really focuses on on solving of problems and not so much the technology and background we, we do get a lot of interest also from let's say players that haven't been so much into the technology beforehand. Does it make sense to work with the major auction houses? I'm talking, I'm thinking Sotheby's, Christie's, or are they competitors of yours? No, I don't think they're competitors. We are just in talk with, with them as well, um, because, you know, they are just having another kind of setup we just need to integrate and have to integrate in our service level, in our ecosystem. Um, if you are then if you are in the role of an orchestrator or even a part of the ecosystem, that does not is this the key issue. But I think um, for future there will be an opportunity to work together definitely, um, and we will just head it with, with other partners as well. Have seen that there are some good combination tasks to done. Uh, where we can use the good service quality of both sides to just fulfill the needs of our clients. Now, we've talked a lot, uh, almost exclusively, really, about, about fine art here, but there is a bigger opportunity here for collectibles in general, indeed tokenization in, in general. So tell me, what other digital asset services have you developed or are thinking about developing or offering now? I think at the moment we really try to, to focus on the collectible side um, because we do believe that there's a tremendous potential and, and also we have the clientele in, in that. Uh, but obviously, you know, we, we, we do look at, at real estate and mutual funds, but I think there are some, for some of these, there's, there's still, let's say, some, some challenges out there like land registries and so on uh, that will take some time. Uh, but we are in, in quite embedded into the, let's say, the whole scene and then we get you know a lot of requests so we, we are talking and interested but at the moment our main focus definitely is on the collectible side where we think we have a unique chance to be one of the pioneers and, and global leaders you know we just uh, the starting point of all of this was a survey we did with our clients and the coming out was really really crucial for us how we should deal with it which which service we should start to provide and collectibles was an absolute prioritized of each client and, and each, each survey so it was obviously to start with that mm -hmm. the, the same client base are, are, are bound to be owners of real estate they're bound to be in, invested in private equity funds hedge funds uh, and they might well be interested in in making some of those privately managed assets more liquid for exactly the same reason as they're interested in in tokenizing their their collectibles so as, as you look forward, I mean, you've, you've been clear that, that this is more about the future than the present, but is this part of your strategic thinking here is that actually this could become a, a very valuable service for clients across a wide range of, of assets which they own? I think it's really also about how are the fundamental, as I said, for really as an example, the land registries are you know, a problem. So mm -hmm. that needs to be solved before that really can be used. And, and we are trying to focus on on real use cases that bring real value now. Uh, mm -hmm. I think. And, and you know, if the circumstances change, we will adapt. And I think with the experience that we have here, with the in-house experience, we will be quite fast in, in adapting that. And a lot of the technological infrastructure we have built will easily allow to do so. Uh, it, normally, the, 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 let's say the things that are hindering or, or stopping us is that there is some legal 
things that need to be sorted out beforehand and so on. Uh, but as said, you know, if you look at the collectible side, it's a huge market already. So if we can grow here, uh, that will give us a lot of also credibility and, and experience to also adapt this in other asset classes later. But you can be sure that all cases you mentioned, we have already double-checked. And uh, mm -hmm. yes, of course, there are some use cases coming up. But as said by Thomas, really, really correctly, absolutely, um, there must be use case. It must be a solution. Without a solution, it doesn't work. Yeah. Where, where is the value for that? We are looking for value. You know, that, That's the difference. But yes, doing something, making bankable in that side, that helps. But mm -hmm. used to, I think, the best starting point, and best potential is in the collectible side. Mm -hmm. um, Thomas, you mentioned a number of times that land registries are a problem. Just to be clear, is the problem that they either don't exist or the information they hold is inadequate or? No, that's where currently the ownership is registered. Mm -hmm. The representation of the ownership is in that register. And it then that means it can't be really on the token. So you would have to have a structure around again, and then it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Okay. So you'd have to break their monopoly, as it were, over ownership. Yeah, well, monopolies, that's how it has grown in most of the countries for, for hundreds of years. Uh, and, you know, some of them, some countries are working on this and, and digitalizing it and so on. And if that if that happens, uh, we obviously would be very interested. But as, as said, you know, I think there's a lot of current problems that can, we can really, you know, solve with the current things that we have and we try and focus on that. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about the UK, of course, some real estate has been owned for so long that it doesn't actually appear on the on the land register you only get there when it's actually actually traded i think something like 40 percent of the country is not on the register at all anyway wow. uh, it, it sounds like you guys are um uh, sitting on top of a very interesting opportunity in very broad terms how big do you think tokenization is going to become in private banking private wealth management as we look forward over the next 10 15 20 years I think in general, what you see already in the, in the space is that, you know, there's more and more asset classes that get more attention. Uh, if you look at the hype that you see in, in the watch industry, if you look at the, the art prices going forward, the real estate is rising everywhere. It's, uh, it's increasingly hard, uh, even before the shakedown of the market. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think in general, the, in the next generation this is even more true. People will have a broader view of asset classes. Um, and, and I think all, all of them who are physical asset classes and, but need to be managed uh, are, you know, kind of a good, a good way to do that is through tokenization. Um, so I think that there will be a tremendous, uh, a tremendous amount going into it, especially since a lot of states will require more and more transparency also in the tax returns on non-bankable assets. And in a certain extent, we can make non-bankable to bankable and make it more easy to handle with. I think there's a bright future for, for tokenization in wealth management, especially. And Marcel, the, 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 the shakedown, which Thomas refers to, the re-rating of, of, the, of the cryptocurrency, the DeFi, the, the token markets, if you like, more broadly, that hasn't changed the nature of the conversations you're having. People still see the logic. You know, we are not uh, reflecting the... the effects what's going on in the crypto market because we are not involved in that uh, definitely not we only have to pay the gas fees for the token and that's all um, so it, for us it's um, sorry to say that um, um, but for us it's better if, if the if the rates you know uh, if the values of the cryptos are going down because then we have lower gas fees to to, 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 to tokenize all the assets uh -huh. um, but it all yes the thing you know this community is 
is, is good. It helps us and give us an, another opportunity. And I know that a lot of guys are dealing with that. Uh, and you just said about the NFT market. Uh, coming back from the NFT market, a lot of guys we, we see would say, okay, no, I, I would like to have a next step, not an NFT uh, of JPEG. No, I, I would like to have real art included. Uh, and on that case as well, some of the guys who just used NFTs for just uh, tokenizing real art and just found out that it does, not, it does not work. So they asked us now, and just asking still, there's coming more and more uh, reflection from, from the market. Uh, can, can we work together to, to make it possible that we can use it? And in, to give an example, then it's really easy, you know, meaning we are just reflecting the ownership side, meaning tokenizing ownership claims and having our tokens in-house and all do it, all the kind of stuff is needed to do it in a really safe, secure and regularly absolute fair way. And the NFT is used for usership tokens, meaning just reflecting that you can have um, the digitalized art within the next certain days or uh, some, some all kind of other goodies, what is involved. Um, and I think that's a really good combination. And there we will see in the next 12 years, there is coming the market together. Um, then I think it's, it's in a good way. Uh, and I think that's a good way how NFTs are placed. So the shakedown, as it were, in the speculative end of the market has actually been positive for what you're trying to do. Yeah, I think, I mean, in general, it's, it's, it's really, we are in a, in a niche about uh, tokenization of physical, uh, you know, goods mm -hmm. and property uh, and ownership rights. It's, it's very, I mean, has almost nothing to do in our conversations. As I said, there's a bit lower prices means lower cost, fast, that, that, that's fine, but it's minimal. I think generally the, the NFT space has opened up discussions in the art world and, and, and a new ways, And I think that that helps us. I think there, as, as Marcel just mentioned, there can be nice combinations uh, that you have the ownership of, let's say the physical artwork, and then you use NFTs as an engagement tool. And there's different ways of doing. I think at the moment, let's say we have to do a lot of education uh, because there's people don't distinguish all the things and they put things in one basket. So where it might have an influence that sometimes we have to use the beginning of a conversation to separate the things where it belongs and make sure that we have the, the right uh, the right conversations because most of the stuff has nothing to do with what we do. Yeah. Well, Thomas von Hohenhau, Marcel Fleisch, thanks very much for taking the time to, to talk to us and make sure you keep us posted of your, your progress. Mm -hmm.